Why, hello there. We're back. Nice to see you. You know, um, I think it's nice to see you, but Amanda decided today that she thought it would be fun to completely alienate our audience and possibly see our numbers slip in listenership. Um, just because it'd be fun, you know. It's nice to see you so that I can look into your eyes as I bring about your reckoning. <laughs> and I'm just going to say that I'm with all of you on this one because I can't picture what Amanda has to say for herself about calling this movie a bad movie. So explain yourself, Amanda. Well, first, I'll say what the movie is. Ghostbusters. It's just... It's bad. It is not. <laughs> yeah, it is. No. And I don't believe you. You're part of the problem. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're certainly not the cure. Well, I feel like this is a direct assault on my taste, on my childhood, on... Good. Like... Get wrecked. It's the reckoning. Get uh, wrecked. Uh, so, I, from this point, say I will be defending this movie. Now, maybe I'll change my mind after watching it again. Probably not. How many Amanda. times have you seen it? Like, a lot, a lot. Okay. I've seen it once, and that was enough. Oh my gosh. I had the playset with the slime and Ghostbusters action figures, and I had the Ghostbusters, like, ghost catcher device, and, like, made my son a Ghostbusters costume for Halloween. So you were a pawn in the capitalist machine. <sighs> Of chess. I can like things. Um, Consumer. Mm. You consumed. That's actually not my problem with this movie, but it was fun to call you names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're going to call each other some more names on this one, because honestly, uh, before we watch the movie, I'm just going to say right now, you're wrong. Be that way. Get wrecked. All right, let's do it. Amy's ready to chew me out. Yeah, I mean, I guess first I need to know what I'm chewing you out for. I mean, at the moment, I'm just kind of still in complete just shock that you even suggested this movie and still don't understand it. Okay. Yeah. Well. Should we cover the plot for those of you who aren't familiar with Ghostbusters? Yes. Okay. Plot happens. There's Bill Murray and two other guys, and they work for a school, and they're really into ghosts. And then it turns out there's a ghost at the library, and they show up, and they're like, hmm, maybe we don't really know how to handle ghosts. And they do such a great job handling the ghosts that they get fired from the school. And then they decide to go into business, and they rent a fire station, and they get a commercial, and they take out a mortgage on a guy's house so they can pay for all of this. And then there's just... Them sort of making their business take off and and encountering ghosts and and Bill Murray meets this lady and she's real foxy and she wants none of it and then um the the only reason they meet is because she saw a monster in her refrigerator and decided to call the guys on TV and it turns out there was a monster in her refrigerator and eventually she and her neighbor gets possessed. And they open up a portal into Zaza Zuzu land. And they're fighting the big old lady ghost monster. And she issues a challenge. 
and they get to pick their fighter, and they pick the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man on accident. And then they beat him up, and then they're all real sad because, aw, Bill Murray's lady friend died as a dog demon. And then it turns out she didn't die, and then New York celebrates them, and they drive off happily ever after. <laughs> Your synopsis of that. I mean, first of all, Bill Murray and some other people. The some other people being like Dan Aykroyd and Sigourney Weaver. And well, I like, mentioned the pretty lady. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I know that. I'm just, I'm just real, real to the point. I okay, okay. That's the nutshell. All right, all right. So what's wrong with that? Like. Well, based on that summary, it's just sort of a fun movie. Um, But I'm going to provide context. Oh, dear. I did not grow up watching... I almost called it Mythbusters. I didn't grow up watching (laughs) Ghostbusters. I did grow up watching Mythbusters, but that's different. Um, You know, I I was aware of it. You know, I saw, like, the ecto-coolers on TV initially, and then the 90s stopped happening, and those sort of went away. And my parents had seen it, and I knew the theme song just from cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. My parents, at one point, tried to show us, like, a YouTube bit of the movie. And it, then they decided better of it. They tried to show the scene with Bill Murray doing the psychological ES- ESP experiment on the two hapless college students. Yeah. And it made them uncomfortable. Okay. To show that to the children. Okay. So I didn't get to see the whole thing. Okay. In my youth. All right. Um, and then I want to say around 2016. Okay. 16 or 17, the Ghostbusters reboot happened. Yes. And that was a big deal. Uh-huh. Did you see the reboot? Of course I saw the reboot. I like Ghostbusters. Okay. Like normal people, Amanda. Well, I liked Ghostbusters when I saw the reboot. Yeah. To the point where I think I bought it on Google Play and I was telling people, you know, don't give in to the internet. It's fun and good, actually. Uh Uh-huh. Go watch the Ghostbusters movie. To the point where I think same day from seeing it in theaters... I came home and I queued up the original and watched it and then went, oh, you're kidding me. Really? Because I was expecting some more fun. And what I got was a whole lot of yuck. And I'm not talking about the ghosts. I'm talking about basically everything but the plot and the ghosts. And you know what? I assumed that there was something that you found, like, um, culturally offensive in this movie that I hadn't picked up on in previous watches. So I was, like, kind of on the lookout for it. No, I- I'm offended as someone... And didn't see it. So here, here's basically what it boils down to is the treatment of Sigourney Weaver's character. Okay. I think it stinks. Okay. I think this... This movie, you know, like it's it's just it's a, it's a comedy from 84 84 84. 
Um, like I'm not ex- expecting like anything like particularly highbrow or revolutionary, you know. Um, and it would be fine if they just changed some of their writing of the characters because as it stands i just like if you're watching it from the ghostbusters perspective all is fine and dandy but if you're watching it from the perspective of oh holy hell i would not want to be in her shoes and just sort of what that implies for the viewers who who watch unexamined because and i'm not getting this out of nowhere a lot of ghostbusters fans were real poopy heads when the reboot was happening okay and and it wasn't just because it was a reboot it was because it was a reboot focused on women yes i think if you just sort of go at it like oh all these jokes are funny I'm, I'm like, Bill Murray is sort of a cad, but, you know, it's all cool. It's not all cool. It's sort of implied that he's stalking her and, you know, she's rebuffing not just him, but the other guy who, who shows a lot of interest, which is Little Shop of Horror Man. Little Man. Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis. You know, it's not specific... Like, the two guys who hit on her, she rebuffs. And she's clearly not into it. And then she gets possessed. And he's a... Like, he doesn't do the obvious, like, take advantage of her in her possessed state. But he's way too touchy and gross, regardless. Taking a lot of liberties with this lady. I did not think he was at all. He's kissing her hand and kissing her neck. And stuff. And while she was possessed and seemed passed out, like, even if he didn't rape her, it's still gross. Yeah, I just and then don't see that. Did you not see it happen on screen? Yeah, what I saw was kind of like, uh, I'm putting you to bed now. No. Yeah, that's what I saw. No. No. Yeah, that's what I saw. Well, then, sad for you. Um, and, you know, everyone believes she's died at the end, like, turned into a dog woman and died, and this is their, like, first paying customer, and they were real excited to have a paying customer and and all this stuff, like, it wasn't just a rando, it was like, they paid some attention to her, they they knew who she was, um, and they were sort of just like, aw, sad for you, Bill Murray, and he's like, yeah, I know. And then she's alive, and she seems sort of out of it. Like, she's holding her head and and sort of needs to be supported to walk around and doesn't say much. Uh, But they kiss at the end, so everything must be okay. But I'm not okay with it. It struck me the wrong way first viewing out the gate, and it still strikes me the wrong way. And I went into it wanting to like it. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I don't see any of the things you described at all. Like, I uh, can't even uh, get my head wrapped around um, how to kind of, like, address your concerns, because... Um, Did you think Sigourney Weaver, like, like super wanted to pursue him? And if so, at what point did she decide she wanted to pursue him? I don't think he stalked her. 
I think he was a little cheeky bastard, but he never stalked her. Who showed up at her work? To tell her he found the information she was looking for. She doesn't have a phone? I mean, in the 80s, do, do not, you... not like readily available. Well, say she has a work phone. Do you then just show up at the office? Like, if someone wants to catch you at work in the 80s, say you hire an exterminator, right? Because the, the Ghostbusters yeah. are analogous to an exterminator. Do they show up at your place of business to tell you about the freaky rat you have? Mm, no. Yeah, I, I still just do not see that scene playing out that way at all. Even if you ignore the stalking. Like, she's... Trying to put him down gently the entire time, except for after she's been ghost-possessed and unpossessed and crawls her way out of a dog. In which case, she's like, oh, yeah. Hi, guy. You know, but up until that point, she's like, mm, no thanks, actually. Yeah, I just cannot wrap my head around what you're saying. Like, it, it, I don't see it. It feels like a really big reach to me. It really does. And I don't know what that says about the difference in perspective there. Well, I've always... I say always. For the most part, when I've watched movies with romantic plot lines, uh -huh. it's been, oh, you're kidding me. Because of, like, somewhat inherent to the medium, there's a lot of shortening yeah right like they just sort of yeah they just kind of like throw a few mm -hmm. which makes it easy for like you you see this signposts and you know where you're going down the road watching any given movie uh -huh. and so i think as as time has gone on depending on who your writers are they can put up the signposts this this metaphor is getting away from me okay um <laughs> basically People will assume things that aren't actually depicted on screen. As long as you get from meeting to kissing to, you know, everyone seems happy around them, you assume all the other marks got met. Uh-huh. And uh, not as often as a lot of people assume. Does that actually happen? Right? Like, I always... <laughs> basically, I go in from like a, ugh, these two. Really? Most times I watch movies with romantic plot lines, uh -huh. and I have to be convinced. Uh-huh. Convince me. Okay. Writer. Yeah. And no, this, no, not in this one. Not at all. Because, like, I've been in positions where I've been politely and with smiles rebuffing guys who maybe didn't stalk me, but they definitely showed up more than I wanted them to and were way too, uh, uh, comfortable. Yeah, see, that was Rick Moranis' character. To who? To Sigourney Weaver. That's that's who was They being... both did it! No. It... And I don't think that's where it what it was uh, trying to depict in the movie I don't. I don't think that's what they were going for, but I think that's what actually was shown. And see, I don't. Yeah, I, I but don't. But you, you also thought... I don't see it. Like, you also... Like compared your husband to the man from High Fidelity and thought it was cute and that was like a nightmare scenario for me. So, uh, no, that was supposed to be a little bit of a, a jab. I don't know. Like I, 
don't even know how to engage in this conversation because I have no idea where you're coming from. None. I feel like... Can't conceptualize it. Well, you know, good for your, your tiny little preconceptions that you can't consider <laughs> other perspectives. No, I've heard this perspective before. From who? From uh, the internet. So you just don't want to believe women? No, I don't think that that's what happened here. And I think what I saw on the internet before, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what nonsense is this? And, you know, there was- I didn't get it from the internet, though. Like, yeah, I basically never consumed anything Ghostbusters except for the theme song until that day in which I saw the reboot and then immediately was like, yes, I'm on board. I want to see where this came from and was really disappointed. See, I felt like the reboot was similarly like reversing the kind of sexy person uh, because what's-his-face? Yes. He played what's-his-face. But the reversal, while like still not great, you don't see that a lot in movies, so it's less likely to lead to scenarios like where you just have a terrible fan base harassing people right like I, I thought i could at least get you on board with this because you don't um support fan culture because of the bad experience you had with yeah. star wars like i think and i never I, I never saw any of that with ghostbusters and i i was always a big ghostbusters fan and most people i knew were big ghostbusters fans and i watched the cartoons and i watched all the movies and i enjoyed the newest movie i thought it was fun did you not see all of all of the upheaval though from uh, from some stupid people on the internet? Yeah. yeah, but that's not. It's not at all like being in the Star Wars fan base where if you said, "Oh, I like Ghostbusters," nobody's going to be like, "Oh yeah, we'll name the hotel where they first met Slimer or something ridiculous." They're not going to do that to you. Like the Ghostbusters, like being a fan of Ghostbusters never came with any strings attached to it. And so that some obnoxious internet trolls who also liked Ghostbusters were obnoxious internet trolls about Ghostbusters. Like, those people were going to be obnoxious internet trolls about anything. I don't see a culture of exclusion towards women in a fan base that is centered in Ghostbusters. No, but... I'm saying you can draw a connection between the way this was written specifically towards Sigourney Weaver's character Uh and some of the backlash with the reboot specifically because it was woman forward. Because I think if you're, you're a guy and you think the, the interaction from Bill Murray's character towards Sigourney Weaver's character is totally fine and funny, and he's the cool one. And he is the cool one. Right? I mean, he's kind of a head. He is. Like, but, that, that's but, his, but that was always his character. He's the one that always gets the joke, and the joke is being made at the other one's expense. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Like, if, if the movie is from anyone's sole perspective, or mostly from a character's perspective is mostly from his and so i think if 
if you see that and you're like, yeah, everything's fine there, that's going to le- lead you potentially to some messed up places. It's not the worst example. It's it's no girl with the dragon tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a bad movie. There are degrees of bad. Like, I don't have a problem with the other stuff. The other stuff is funny. It's in keeping with what I would expect. But it's specifically that dynamic that was really off-putting for me. And watching it a second time, still just as off-putting. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Uh, I tried to even take a more critical eye at like gender and race and all of those things that, uh, you know, no 80s movie is going to be perfect on. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. And I just just don't think that a lot of the a lot of the social pitfalls were in this movie at all. I really don't. I think their relationship was adversarial in a exasperated joking manner. But I read Sigourney Weaver as always being charmed by him. No. Yeah, I I read that character as being uh, delighted by him. From charmed to delighted. I, I don't know what distinction you want to make between those two words. One definitely has a lot more, like, upward facial emotion. Like, if I'm expressing charm, I'm like, ah. But if I'm expressing delight, I'm like, ah! Um, Degrees. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think either word works. I, I But she liked him. I think she acted it as liking him. And did you watch the second Ghostbusters movie? No. Um, the second Ghostbusters movie starts with the presumption that they had been together after the first Ghostbusters movie and are not any longer and don't get along at all. So you're saying that it would make sense that after a very uh, confusing and high-stress event where maybe you weren't fully aware of what was going on if you got into a relationship immediately afterwards with a guy who'd been, you know, sort of doggedly pursuing you before, that maybe it wasn't meant to be. Or maybe that the charmingly funny person who makes a lot of jokes at other people's expense is actually really delightful and you are attracted to that, but it turns out they're not good life partners. Oh, and also he's he's just sort of a, a campus creep. Forgot about that. Campus creep. He was totally trying to make it with the 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 girl from the esp test very explicitly as an older man in a tenured or whatever the heck position trying to make it not only with a test subject but a student of his school i mean i don't know what the relationship was supposed to be it was a test i don't know well usually Um, you don't sleep with Nobody slept with anybody. He like, was trying to. He, like, specifically when other guy, Dan Aykroyd, comes in, he's like, get out, and literally slaps the man because he's wanting to make it with the student. Oh, uh, maybe. That's what was on screen. I don't know. I really don't. Because what he said was is that he was doing a test to see And about... come back in an hour, wink, wink, wink. No. What he said was that he was doing a test about negative reinforcement on psychic ability. 
And so he had the one guy that he was constantly punishing mm-hmm. and her that he was fawning over. Oh, you're great. You do such great things. Come, and yeah. Come back at eight. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was a psychic joke. But we're really going to meet up, though. I don't know. And also, wink, 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 wink. I don't know. I mean, I think sexual innuendo, innuendo, especially at the level that, like, is, like, there is no sex in this movie. It is all just innuendo. Well, aside from the little ghost thing. Yeah, even that was still kind of innuendo. Yeah, but, like, you know, he, you know. Yeah. You it, know. It was it was just innuendo. Is it innuendo if you just go to black right before it happens? I don't know which scene you're talking about. Then. The one with with Dan Aykroyd with the ghost unzipping his pants. Yeah, it didn't go to black. It just like went to his face, and he made a you know. And then and then it goes to the next scene yeah. or whatever. But like, is that innuendo at that point, or is it just they cut away? I think that was innuendo, still, because it was like. A ghost blowjob. It was not like I don't know. The whole thing was more innuendo. If ghosts than anything can else. eat pet pizza, ghosts I don't can know. give blowjobs. I, I just in the logic of I this think universe. you've got something against this movie. I didn't going into it though. Like that's that, that's what I'm saying. Is I went into it excited, and still came away thinking, "Oh gosh, yikes!" Huh? Do you like other Bill Murray movies? Yes. <laughs> like what? Like Groundhog Day. Okay. And I liked um. What's the one about Bob? Something about Bob? Oh. <laughs> Where he's obsessed with his psychiatrist and his psychiatrist like tries to kill him and it actually works fairly well as therapy. <laughs> that one was good. Um I what about I, Bob? I like him I like what about Bob? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, I like him in the Zombie Land movie. He was real cute in that. I think I saw his Christmas special, like it was fine. I don't know. Like his Groundhog Day character to me is the same character he plays in Ghostbusters. It's the same. Yeah, but that guy has a reckoning-ish. He's still not great at the end, but like at least he's like figuring some stuff out. Nothing happens with Bill here. Yeah, like all all the all the woman manipulation in Groundhog Day bites him in the butt. There's like nothing really goes wrong for his character in this movie. So I don't think. Yeah, but nothing really happens outside of his professional stuff in this movie. Like, they share a kiss. Like, it's like a, a hero's tale. Like, and they went off into the sunset and smooch. I mean, there's no real romantic buildup in this movie. Yeah. It's not that su- you're, you're supposed to be. Like, <sighs> like I think, I think you can write that kind of thing on screen and make comment on it, right? Like, you could show the exact same actions from the characters but but based on tone of music and and you know other events make commentary and the movie did not have any problem with what happened you as viewer did not have any problem with what happened i did and apparently i'm not alone in that yeah but i still cannot actually see anything other than uh a delightful farce in this movie and i love it well and I'm, i i'm what i've been saying is if you just took that component out i'd probably be on the same page as you 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 bring up groundhog day and groundhog day he's he's very manipulative and just trying to get with women is, is sort of trophies right and when what's her name who i don't remember right now but she was you know the one she was cute she had the the dark hair and really liked the groundhog 
You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. When she picks up on, oh, he's playing me, the, the rejection is harsh and he feels it and he learns a little from it. Yeah. There's, uh, there's growth in that aspect of the story. I mean, now I feel like we need to watch the second movie to see if you have some closure on their relationship. From what you've described, no. <laughs> I mean, I like... Like, it's it's unexamined, right? And because it's unexamined, you know, it, you can be like, oh, it's harmless, except for maybe sometimes it does cause harm. Yeah, but I don't think it caused harm here. If, if we do a, a sequel to this episode, I'm going to dig up some garbage a la The Matrix and just like... Do it. Yeah. Do it. But in the meantime, I absolutely love this movie. I love watching this movie with my family. Mm-hmm. I loved playing with the Ghostbusters toys as a kid. I loved watching the cartoon. I loved making so you're, so you're saying my you're, son you're a very biased. Costume. Like the the that stuff is not the movie. But go on. No, I I Affiliated loved, merchandise I is not the movie. Watching the movie, I loved watching the movie today. I honestly could push play and watch that movie a second time right now. That's a lot. I could, because that movie is very comfortable to me. I really like it. No, and I don't think that. Um, I just don't think I would be comfortable with that movie if it was making uncomfortable points and possibly quite possibly other movies of the time made such grotesquely uncomfortable points about the way they treated women i never saw the women in in this series as being anything but accomplished and intelligent and interesting in their own rights i mean Um, it it could be that it was just better compared to the rest of what was out maybe, there maybe and i have a different context for it maybe but um you know dana is a um professional cellist she lives in a beautiful apartment by herself she is composed she has like good friends a good life she has like just living the dream in the second movie she's a single mother She's working at a museum. Like, she does all the art. She's just this very high, uh, just, oh, like all culture and yeah. education. See, I, I, and, and she's a wonderful character. And I love the way Sigourney Weaver played her. And I think she did an excellent job of playing, like, you know, a, a, a skeptic of Bill Murray's charms in the movie. And eventually rejects them because she does play a really smart, poised, professional woman. She's a really cool character. You can see, and how I read it is, you can be a cool, smart, professional woman with your life together, and dudes will just walk over your boundaries regardless. Yeah, I I didn't see her really having boundaries getting walked on at all. Really did not. So, uh, and I, I mean, I, 
I've seen it other places. I know what you're talking about. I just don't see it here. And, you know, Janine, the receptionist. Mm -hmm. I really like her. Mm -hmm. She was funny and interesting. She had her own action figure in the play sets. I mean, I loved it. And I did get really grumpy about the treatment of women in other movies at the time. So, I don't know. Like... If you could bring me some, like, good hard documentation on this one, you know, like some... Well, okay, how many of these yahoos who who were, like, boycotting... Well, actually, maybe I could bring something very clearly showing their perspective as to Sigourney Weaver's character. Okay. Right? Maybe they've written, like, women in the first one were like this, and it would be different than how you interpreted it. Maybe I could find something like that. But I don't think anyone's going to outright say, like, actually, I like being terrible to women. Yeah. In such terms. But I I thought all the people involved with the Ghostbusters movie were really supportive of the women remake. Well, you don't have to have bad intentions to make a movie that has a negative impact. Maybe. No, because that's the argument we made with The Matrix. Yeah, but like... I just don't. I I I think or even not uh, even with even, bad intentions. Even uh, Fight Club. Yeah, I don't think that this one even like it. It could have been you know way at the forefront when it was made, but when I saw it, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it could be that sensibilities changed. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, like more were... than that movie ever depicted. Because the fact that you see it depicting a concept that I completely support you on. Mm-hmm. Like, I completely understand the concept that you have a problem with. Right? Yeah. Yep. I, I get it. The fact that you see it in this movie and I don't means that there's contextual cl- clues that are possibly um, generational or cultural. Yeah. That I, as a viewer, do not pick up on. And that that you're reading a scenario in a completely different way than I'm reading a scenario. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe if they tried to fill in some of the blanks of that relationship, they would have done a really poor job. But I felt the relationship was just kind of like a plot vehicle Mm -hmm. and was charming. But I never, like, it doesn't cue any, like, danger signals. And I do cue to danger signals uh, in other movies. Mm -hmm. So... You know, maybe there's a change in because I don't actually like. I think the the gut reaction would be to tell you like you're just more sensitive. Well, that's that's what but, I'm like. Maybe but, I'm I have a bit of a hair trigger on this stuff because I just I, I think. But I don't think. But I, you've not given me an indication that you are in other scenarios. Well, you know I, what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's easy for media and. You know, people who are like, yeah, I totally agree with everything in the media on this um, to enforce and encourage like a like a heteronormative lifestyle relationship, whatever, which was very much something I experienced growing up, which I did not appreciate. And maybe I'm a little sensitive in that regard. I mean, maybe, but I, I'm not going to sit here and try to say that you're more sensitive than me because I, I have not really seen evidence of that. The only thing that I can think of is that we are just reading the science differently and that that's probably 
uh, steeped in uh, socialization of, of like a very minor difference in socialization mm. in the like 12 years that separate us. But that is a really that in itself is a really important concept to understand, though, too, because when you get into things like this, where people who came up after, you know, a piece of media or or intellectual yeah, work that, was made. that can cause like a lot of infighting and people who essentially support uh-huh. the same thing. But it's like, yep, your your standard, your language mm-hmm. is is doing it wrong. But this I- was so good for me it made such a difference why are you putting down the good thing exactly and the the knee-jerk reaction is to when when you say this movie that you loved as a kid and has meant a lot in like your cultural life and and the toys that you play with and and the cartoons that you watched and it was one of the good ones like that this movie feels like home for me a lot of people's response to you saying no this movie is triggering for um, stalking and, you know, sort of date violence, you know, or just or just just pressure because there is a lot of of socialization consent issues. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of socialization to be polite when interest is expressed. Right, but the knee jerk reaction from people my age. Um, and and it is almost always a generation gap, although this can happen in racial gaps too. Yes, um, is to turn to you and be like, "Screw you for talking bad about this thing that I love." Mm-hmm. And conversely, the person who's trying to say, "No, this is triggering. This has, um, you know, elements of coercion." And um, yeah, because that's not even bring- in a rape culture scenario. <laughs> that's not even bringing in the part where like he's the only ghost exterminator in town. <laughs> like, who else is she gonna go to? <laughs> right, right. So like, for people that have your point of view, uh, it can really also quickly go, oh, you don't support um, anti-rape culture work. Yeah, you hate women and screw you and like. It devolves so quickly. I mean, like, at how many points in this conversation did this episode even almost devolve? Yeah, cause, I because I mean, it, it's, of that exact split. And it is—it's such a f- narrow little gap to fall into, but it's really easy to fall into uh-huh. because, like, and, this this isn't even like this is a subtle example. And it's an easy hill to die on for almost everybody who gets embroiled in this conversation, well, too. And, and part of the reason I picked it for this episode is because I know it's really, really, really well-loved and controversial for, for someone to say, I don't like that, but I don't because it makes me feel icky. <laughs> and, yeah. it's, and it's not, you know, the entire movie, da, 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 da. it's that particular aspect like it, it's not even half the screen time that that you see that dynamic at play yeah right like it's just it was this it's the thorn in my paw the entire time uh-huh um I, for, and no matter how many times you explain it i cannot see what you're seeing in it and and i don't think i'm going to no i don't think you are <laughs> like it uh-huh. and this is like if i was going to be like consent issues and socialization and rape culture this would not be the example i would pick uh-huh 
because it you know it's very little runtime and there's no sex on screen like there's a kiss uh-huh. right it is it's not like a pure example but it is the one that instantly came to mind okay because it it was such a surprise for me to see it and feel the way i did about it when i watched it because like i said i was excited yeah and it sort of hit me in the face (laughs) no i i I mean i hear you and it is to me one of the most important takeaways from this type of thing is that when you are trying to do good work and make good points there are just going to be moments like this when um you're gonna hit up against a slight crack in the smooth surface of agreement right Mm -hmm. um and it and it can devolve really quickly Um, well and and it may be that i mean we we talked about this with 50 shades of gray remember how i was uncomfortable with um condemning portrayals of bdsm fantasy that were by women and for women yes and i had someone who like tried to professionally ruin me by telling yeah. people that i loved rapists yes that that's the scenario that came to my mind yeah but what you know some of this is just a, a, a difference in how we interpret quote unquote the text right it is it is and it may be that if you know you were in a dating scenario and someone used those moves on you who was you know like you know 12 years my senior you know you're on the same footing that would be totally respectful and fine but if someone my age came at me like that yeah that that could be too like what what acceptable dating signals are because they have changed yeah it it could be you know it's fine if if you're reading from the same code but as soon as it's a different code it's not going to match up absolutely yeah but there's but there's plenty of things and it doesn't um there is no way to smooth out that coding. You're not going to get me to code as you code. No. And vice versa. And the other people that you run into um, in activist activities and, you know, just general um, political discourse and social discourse, you can't get them to be socialized the exact same way you are. No. <laughs> and it would be really weird if, yeah. if, if, if like, people in their... 30s were dating like 20 year olds right so you have to like be able to get past those little speed bumps because you know if if you could have seen the look on amanda and i's face during this podcast which is a reason you don't because we don't want you to yeah it's, we're it's not doing the it's, video it's not fun don't at me <laughs> um there's a lot of incredulous and incre- incredulity yeah <laughs> But yeah, uh, we were both making faces like that idiot. <laughs> it's very and, true. Like, increasingly aggressive that idiot it, faces. Actually, I was also getting it from your ten-year-old son who watched the movie with us, and afterwards he's like, "Do you still think it's bad?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes and he fetches his vinyl copy of the soundtrack and is like, "I own this." And I said, "It's not the." These are bad soundtracks podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it it's uh it's a hard it's a hard bump to smooth o- smooth over when you get um just 
what has has to be subtle the subtlest variations in socialization yeah yeah and we're not even in different generations no we're just at opposite ends of the same generation yeah because yeah. no if 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 someone approached me in that manner repeatedly i would be having a really bad time like i get it I, I really do and if it weren't for the fact that i've seen this bizarre scenario play out so many times i might actually be mad at you for hating my favorite movie i don't hate it i mean it's not even my favorite I, movie I, I, like, I, I, I don't hate it like if they, know, if they just like hating on it you know what i'm saying ripped that little part out yeah no i'd like it a lot yeah it's quirky it's you know the characters are all sort of weird it's got weird scenarios on screen like it, it's fun except for the part where it yucks me yeah so my takeaway from this is recognize your socializations and that others might not share them yeah imagine if this was the episode that you know ended our podcast it could have <laughs> i mean i think like i think like t- 10 years ago not realizing that that's a thing Mm. Well, and this has been something we've been butting up against on other subjects. Uh-huh. You know, so we're sort of used to being like, oh, we're we're talking about the same thing. And we fundamentally agree. We have different words. Yeah. And yeah. and just slightly different standards. But this is this is different because it's um completely a different coding of the same situation. Yeah. 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 So give me your ubrick. I love it. <laughs> oh. I love it. Well, I mean, I liked hearing the ooh sound. That made me happy. Um, What's your ubric? It really makes me uncomfortable. I, I'm getting that. I, there's there's no showing me why, though. I'm just, yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Just to remind everybody, we are professionals. If you want to. But generally, don't watch these at home. Yeah, but I might watch it again. She's probably done. <laughs>